Oh, come on, somebody. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You may be seated if you can. I don't know about you, but I'm a mess. Yeah, I thought I'm trying to keep my composure, but I've lost it a long time ago. Composure is not my middle name. Uh, glory to God. How true it is. You know, the great thing about East is the fact that we can know Jesus is alive. And I want you to know something today. I don't know your journey. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you're going through. But what I do know this is that God knows your name. He knows you very personally. Say, well, I, I don't believe in God. doesn't matter. He still knows your name. I want to read this to you and share a thought, and then we'll close, and you can go and beat the Baptist to the restaurants or wherever you're going, and the Presbyterians, whoever, Charismatics, just go home, whatever. In Mark 16, it says this, verse 9. After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person, I want you to say the first person. I want you to say it again. That's significant. The very first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping, and she told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive, they were so excited, they say, we've been expecting this, it's wonderful. How many of you know nobody expected nobody? Are you with me? She had seen him. They did not believe her. I want to read John's account, and it's a little bit longer, but I want you to listen to these words because they tell the story. They add, they add for us what's going on here. In John 20, verse 1, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, that's John. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped in and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that covered Jesus' head was folded up and laying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and saw and believed. For until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Now Mary is still there. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and she wept. She stooped and looked in. She saw the two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you put him, and I will go and get him. And then verse 16, Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. 
Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I've seen the Lord. Then she gave them this message. Jesus is alive. Jesus, the one who was severely scourged, beaten beyond any recognition and hung on a Roman cross. He's alive. His death was confirmed by a spear in his side. He was wrapped completely head to body in about 75 pounds of burial spices and placed in a tomb. The tomb was then sealed with a large stone. We all know he was dead. This was Friday, but Sunday, everything had changed. So many amazing things and wonderful, uh, puzzling and even frightening things happening around uh, the resurrection that it, only eternity is going to be able to unpack this for us. The, the magnitude of this moment, because it is, a, it is a moment that has transformed multiple millions of lives. And it is a moment even now that can transform your life if you are willing to let it transform you problem with Easter is that we do it like Christmas, kind of the, you know, it's like Christmas, the ornaments come out, the trees come out, the lights come out, and then right after the season, we pack everything away, and I don't want you to do that today. I don't want you to pack away Easter, because can I tell you something? Easter never gets packed away if you're a believer. For us, every Sunday is Easter. We come together. Why? On Sunday. Why? Because He was risen on the grave on a Sunday morning. And we celebrate that every Sunday. We celebrate what God has done. But the disappointment of the disciples, I think, in this moment, it's raw, it's sorrow, it's pain, it's palpable. You can taste it. Especially for those who followed Him. This was evident. The hopelessness, the feelings of, of utter despair, of, of, of reaching to a place where, 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 where it's why, how, this, this is not the way it's supposed to. Hopes were dashed, dreams were lost. They, were, they, they, were, they didn't just feel a sense of loss, they felt that they have lost. What do you, how, how do you feel today? Is this maybe where you're at? Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you outside. Maybe that's where you feel. And You've already drawn a conclusion on a story that's not finished yet. Don't ever draw a conclusion until God says the conclusion needs to be drawn. Sometimes when our hope is gone and we feel that our minds are beyond repair and here are the disciples and they gather together with the other followers of Jesus and, 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 and you know, imagine the emotions that are going through them. Everything that has happened was set in place by one of them. The, the guy who kept the books. I don't even know you've got to watch those guys. But the guy who kept the books. And, and, and you know, do they even know what's going on? Do, do they know about Peter's denial? How, how could they even know about Peter's denial? Because they were all jumping ship like a bunch of rats of a sinking ship. Believe me, in their minds, this ship that they were on sunk and was at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee. For them, it was over. Why even would they discuss Peter's failure when they did their best Usain Bolt uh, impression themselves and ran away? So, so what do they do? They sit, they wait. Waiting for what? What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for a resurrection? No, they didn't believe there was going to be a resurrection. They were not waiting for a resurrection. They were waiting for the other sandal to drop or the other shoe to drop. Uh, you know, they got our teacher, they got our rabbi, and guess who they're coming for next? We are obviously next in line, so what are we going to do? We're going to hide. The religious leaders hated Jesus enough to make sure that nobody was going to be left over after they were done. They were going to make sure that nobody was going to stir up any kind of problems. They were going to squash it like a, like, like a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, a thing that has happened, a, a little bit of a revolution. And they say, this revolution maybe lasted for a few years, but we're going to make sure it is finished. 
And then enters the scene, and here's this woman, this woman called Mary. If you think about Mary, Mary that was trapped in, in, this, in this incredible place of demon, demonization, and Jesus set her free. Many people think that, you know, maybe Mary was a prostitute, but the, the Bible doesn't tell us that, and, and I don't think that. Mary was just a person in bondage that Jesus came into her life, and the Bible says he cast out seven devils. He, it was, it's very specific. Now imagine if you Mary and, and, and you have a name called Mary and, and we know that Mary was probably one of the most common names of the day. How many in the room can sometimes feel the case of the commons? Anybody? We just feel, oh, I'm just a common person. I, there's, there's nothing special about me. I mean, I, I'm, just an, I'm just an ordinary person. I mean, when you think about all the Marys that were there in the Bible, it's kind of like there was an Oprah handing out Marys. You get a Mary, you get a Mary. Everybody gets a Mary. You get a Mary. And, and re really, it's the name Miriam. You get a Miriam. You get a, Everybody gets a Miriam. And in Jewish culture, there was, there, was, there, was a, there was a lot of Marys around. So uh, in order to distinguish it, they, the, the New Testament writers would use identifiable facts about them. You know, Mary, the mother of James and, and Joseph. Mary, the wife of Clopas. And, or even wh where they were born, you know, such as Mary of Magdalene or Mary from Bethany. So that we know, you know, he's not talking about the same Marys. How many of you know at the foot of the cross there was a lot of Marys? Are you with me, somebody? So Mary Magdalene has just been to the tomb and where the stone has been rolled away and, and she ran as fast as she could and she found Peter and John and she burst through the door with these words, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Do you notice she does not claim a resurrection? Are you with me? She doesn't say, oh, he's risen. She say his body is stolen. Her first thought was somebody took the body of Jesus and hid him. Where is Jesus? When Peter and John hears the news, they, they're off and running. And, and John outruns Peter. Uh, we know this from the account. And he gets to the tomb first and he looks in, but he doesn't go in. And, and, and Peter, on the other hand, pushes him aside and goes in. I don't even know that's kind of Peter's nature. And, 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 and he sees the linen wrappings lying there with the head wrapping folded and put aside. And then finally John goes in. And the Bible says something very interesting. John goes in and he believes how many of you know love always believes first? They both leave and they go home. But somebody is still lingering. This common name, this common Mary, this Mary that has been set free. Mary is outside of the tomb and, 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 and uh, she, she's there and, and she finally collects enough courage to decide, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to peek in. I'm going to look in on this. And she sees something what Peter and John either could not see or were not allowed to see. She sees two angels, one at the feet and one at the head where Jesus would have laid. And we know these were two male angels. Why do we know that they were male angels? Because it's only a male angel that will ask the following question, Dear woman, why are you crying? And that's biblical proof. Am I right? Come on, ladies, help me out here. So she turned to leave and, and someone's standing there. And the same questions the angel asked her is being repeated. 
Now she thinks it's the gardener. And then she says this, and you, you, you can just feel the, 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 the tenseness of this moment. You can feel the emotions. You can feel just the, the raw emotions of Mary in this moment. She says, sir, if you have to, if you take in him, tell me where you put him, and, and I will go get him. Can you hear the exasperation in her voice, almost pleading? If you're the culprit, Mr. Gardner, please come clean. I, I, I won't hold it against you. With tears running down her cheeks, she says, just please, please tell me where did you put my Jesus and I will go get him myself because you don't know what he did for me. You don't realize the agony and the torture I was in that evil had ravished me, wrecked my world and left me a shell of myself. And then one day this Jesus walked into my life and I was bound, but he set me free. I had a hole in me so big that seven devil cohorts were in there to just eager to fill it. And then he spoke and everything changed. I was rudderless and I found a way. I was deceived, but I found the truth. I was dead, but I came alive. So with all due respect, Mr. Gardner, tell me where he is. Then he spoke her name, Mary. Up to that point, Mary is completely in the dark. But when Mary hears her name, the way that it can only be spoken by the one who created her, when she heard her name spoken from the mouth of Jesus, she immediately recognized him. It was like somebody opened up the heavens and a choir of thousands of angels were bellowing the hallelujah chorus. Suddenly pure, unfettered joy crushed down on her like a wave. Why? Because she heard her name. There's only one person that can say your name like no one else. No one else can say your name like Jesus can say your name. When the shepherd speaks, the sheep listen. They hear his voice. In one moment, Mary goes from sorrow to ecstasy because she heard Jesus say her name. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows who belongs to him. And if you just look and read the eyewitness accounts of these people, you'll find exactly Nathaniel. He truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit or no guile. That's Jesus. Philip, how long have I been with you and yet you do not know me? Simon the Pharisee, Simon, I've got something to tell you. Martha, Martha, you are worried about a lot of things. Hey, Zacchaeus, come on down from the tree, boy. I'm going to stay at your house today. Lazarus, come out. Simon, I've prayed for you. Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Peter, do you love me? I want you to know something today. Jesus knows your name. 
I don't know how difficult things might be for you. I don't know if you, like Mary, has sorrow so deep that you cannot recognize him and that he seems absent. Maybe life has done a number on you where you're so wrapped up in your own pain that you, even though you see something like we just presented, you hear a word like this, but there is confusion in your heart and mind. But I want you to know something today. God will speak in your most vulnerable moment. He speaks in your substantial doubt. He speaks when everybody has gone home. Even when you're alone. If you're willing to hear what he has to say. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. This Easter, this Resurrection Sunday, He wants you. To hear your name from his mouth. He wants you to understand that whether you cursed him, cussed him, blamed him, are confused about him, don't know him, are running away from him, he's forever married to the prodigal. He is the good shepherd that laid down his life for you, for me. Let's bow our heads this morning. And I want to pray with you and for you. And I'm just going to simply ask, if you're here today and you've never really embraced Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, the invitation is simple. He's invited you to a life that's going to change you forever. Not a life where it's just the same old. You cannot remain the same. Jesus does not leave you with your demons. He'll set you free if you are willing to let Him. If you're in a place today and you say, Henny, I, I, I need God. Maybe in a place today we say, well, I, I don't know about this. I, I hear so many conflicting messages. I, I hear so many different stories. You know, what can I believe? I tell you what you can believe. You can believe what Jesus said. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. He is the truth. There is no multiple ways to get to God. There's only one way. And it's made through Jesus Christ. My philosophy is if someone comes back from the dead, we ought to listen to what they have to say. Jesus came back from the dead. I think we ought to listen to what he has to say. Today, in this moment, I want you to listen because you might just hear your name. He's asking you, will you follow? Will you follow me? Will you lay down your life and pick up mine? If that's you watching online, if that's you in this auditorium or anywhere on campus, would you do something for me? Would you say, Henny, yes, I I want to do that. I want to follow Christ. I'm hearing Him call my name. I want to follow Him with all of my heart, all of my life, and learn more about what it means to be a follower of Christ.